You sisters know that my skin has been glowing lately. And I'm here to tell you my secret. Oak Essentials. You've heard us talk about their line of luxurious products before, and we're so excited to have them as a sponsor of OK Sister Podcast because now you can join in on the glowy goodness. You know Oak Essentials is legit because it was created by none other than our favorite brand ever, Jenny Kane. Oak Essentials is known for its simple approach to self-care with a lineup of foundational skincare staples made with high-quality ingredients that drive results. It aims to unlock healthy, glowing skin with decadent and hydrating ingredients that give you a luxe, dewy glow. I won't shut up about the Moisture Rich Balm. It's a nutrient-rich balm that supports collagen production and delivers serious hydration for a luminous glow. And a luminous glow indeed. The way my skin feels like butter after applying this balm. This balm will make you never want to wear makeup again. And you can apply generously during your night routine to lock in moisture as you dream. It's the definition of beauty sleep. Treat yourself or someone else this season. You sisters will get 15% off and a free organic honey-based restorative mask with their first order. Oh my God, what a deal. When you use code OKSIS15 at checkout. That's right. 15% off plus a gift with your first order at O-A-K-E-S-S-E-N-T-I-A-L-S.com. Promo code OKSIS15, OKAYSIS15. Go ahead and treat yourself. From luxurious skincare to meaningful self care, you deserve it. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6 1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to OK Sis Podcast. Hi, sisters. I'm Maddie. And I'm Scout. And we are sisters IRL. I'm the older one. Yes, Scout. We know. Here at OKSIS, we believe women are multifaceted. Which is why you can expect sisterly banter on a wide range of topics such as pop culture, our entrepreneurial journeys, and mental health routines. We promise it'll be informative. And silly! As long as you don't get too loud, Mads. Welcome to the sisterhood! Hello and welcome back to OKSIS Podcast. My name is Mads. I'm Scout and thanks for being here. Thank you for choosing to pick. Whoa, to click Thank play. Thank you for choosing <laughs> Okay, there um, we go. Did you see Kylie Jenner and Timothee Chalamet were PDAing at the Beyonce concert? No. So it's I need official. to send you this video. Um, I'm simping hard for this simping sorry shipping hard for this is he couple. much taller than her not really like okay a, barely and they just look so so mismatched but also so perfectly aligned that it it confuses my brain a little like it glitches a little but it also works dude sh- shit is wild they're shit is wild hot. these days I just can't imagine her bodet on his bodet as he is a malnourished little child. He's probably on top. Um, I feel like this is 
this is the fad. This is the fad of like how bizarre of a celebrity coupling can one work on. I mean, it's I'm so here for it. I'm so, I saw this video and I was like, yep. People are thinking it's a like PR plant or whatever, but honestly, I don't know. It truly might be because this is just getting crazy. <laughs> there was an article, I forget who the singer was. She had one song like circa 2008 maybe. Uh she's a rapper. What? So she's, you know, Kesha? on the young what? Kesha? What are you talking about? No, not Kesha. Um fuck. Anyways, there was an article that said that Bill Murray and her were dating, and I was like, okay, people, I don't believe anything that's ever written on the internet. Yeah, but you, ever. Okay, okay, but why would a why would Bill Murray need to have like a PR relationship? I don't I'm just think saying, I don't think that's like the level of celebrity that does stuff like this. I'm just saying that people are going wild writing shit. Also, I don't want to perpetuate rumors, but I was wondering oh. if you had heard anything about the fact that it is rumored that Joe Jonas and Sophie Turner are getting a divorce. And I'm really upset about it if it's true. I saw that. I did see that too. I am so confused. She was just at his concert like two weeks ago. Uh, I'm That really, really shocked and confused me. I'm hoping it's not true. I'm hoping it's not true. They are like they, my... I want to be them. Like I want to be friends with them. Yeah. You, you give... Yeah, you don't really give off Sophie Turner energy, but you give I don't, off that couple energy. I don't yes, know why. Yes, yes, yes. That is like when I think of Adam and I, I don't give off Sophie Turner energy, but Adam and I give, give off, off Joe couple. and Sophie energy together. Mm, yep, 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 yep. I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it and I am sad for it. Yeah. Me too, me too. Anyways, in better Anyways. news, we have an incredible <laughs> episode for you sisters today. We have Sophie from Active Ingredients, New Nation, Piano Piano. piano, piano. I know it's I loved when she was saying it with piano, you know, the piano. Italian accent. Piano Piano. And I, at first I was like, oh shit, like, was I saying it wrong? And then I realized it's Italian. And I was like, oh. And, oh, we had such a delightful conversation. I think it's always fun to talk to someone who's also multi-hyphenate and has all these businesses and interests and you know we relate a lot to her but it also there's so many tidbits in this episode about if you listener are wanting to start something which I know last episode we kind of like shat on the idea of people starting their own businesses but more so I think I want to clarify that it's a specific type of person and it's a specific type of idea that is for you does that make sense? You'll you'll understand more in the episode. I would even strip that back and say, this episode is for you. Regardless of whether or not you want to be your own business owner is not the point. I would right, say that exactly. this episode is for you if you are looking, looking for, for your the thing. Like yeah. looking for the thing that you want yeah. to do, whether it's, you know, what kind of a job you want, what kind of a business you want, like whatever it is. It doesn't have to be entrepreneurship, but this is a really great episode that shows how to stay open and receptive to finding the thing that finally lights your soul on fire. And I think that should be the new question. Like if we have people come to us that are looking to start their own businesses or do their own thing, Sophie has a criteria and I won't spoil yeah. it, but there's a question that you should be asking yourself rather than us being like, are you sure you're going to do all the work, whatever. Yeah. I kind of want to, this is like a sec, this is like a bonus to last 
last week where it's not about the work. It's about if you're in aligned with the thing that you want to pursue. So yeah, yeah this is a lot more about purpose and, and finding that and what, what that means and how you can ask those yeah. types of questions to yourself. So enjoy sisters. We love you. Enjoy. Okay. Can you hear me? Yes. Oh my God. Finally. I had to restart my computer. Yay. Hi. <laughs> oh my God. You know what? It all, it, when in doubt, restart your computer. Like just. No, literally. Like the answer to everything. Like all morning I was like, this computer's out to get me. And I should have done it before this recording. No worries. Anyway. We're here. We're here. Hi. What's up, you guys? I love that you guys do this oh together. Like, truly. Like, my sister is my co-founder for one of my businesses. And I'm like, can you please come to Active Ingredient? And she's like, I would rather die. So no. we, I feel like we get, yeah, we get, like, one or the other. We get sisters that are like, oh, my God, we need to have a podcast. And then others that are like, we would kill each other. There would be absolutely no way. So thank, thankfully, totally. we're in the first bucket. And it's, it's where we've, you know, we've dabbled in the second bucket, but we're continuously in the first. So. Yeah. But also, Sophie, don't lose hope because I pretty much peer pressured Mads into starting yeah. okay this. Like I. Okay. Tell me more because, okay, so I had Geeky on to like do the whole piano piano story. That episode has never seen the light of day because she's like, fuck no. She had also like never, she's never done that. She's a speech therapist, so she's like not in our space at all. And obviously like I had her on, so I was so excited and I didn't realize that she was saying like and um and just like all the filler words that we say all the time. And she was like, absolutely not. So she's traumatized and she doesn't want to come. So. I mean, what I would suggest with her because, you know, people really – people underestimate how long it takes to get comfortable behind the mic. You know, people think, oh, we're just sitting here and talking. But the minute you put a mic in front of you and the minute it's recorded, suddenly there's something about us that it's just – it, people freeze or they don't like the way they sound or it's a, it's an, it's a very out of your your comfort zone experience people think it's oh, very right. simple but it's not what I would do is maybe I would figure out a way to record where you don't have a mic in front of her face mm. we also we did it in studio by the way there was like lights camera like the whole nine she was literally like a deer in headlights I feel so bad that's why that's why with okay sis we started off doing it like in our mom's living room because it you mm. forgot that you were on a podcast and every guest that came on was like, whoa, I feel like I'm in my grandma's house, like with my friends. Like yeah, I'm just like cozy, so you know, whereas, yeah, when you go into a studio, it feels very official. There's like a producer behind and there's a person like it's. Yeah, totally. Totally. Also, am I like super close? Like, I feel like I'm like <laughs> you guys are like in my pores. Should I no. back? <laughs> Do whatever makes you feel comfortable. <laughs> Sit back, relax. I mean, you're in like hot pink. Yeah. Scout and I are in black. Guys, you know? It's so weird to be on the other side. Like I don't go on other podcasts. Like this is what? so weird to me to be on the other side. Yeah, I like rarely go on. I, I've gone on Female Founder Worlds. Oh, Jasmine's like a really we good friend love of Jasmine. But, Jasmine's yeah. a good friend of mine. But my like, it's like too. very weird for me not to be the one asking. It's weird. Okay, so then we're gonna ask you the most quintessential podcast question ever. Okay. Well, we're gonna. I mean, I I think that I'm gonna do a twist on it, which is an okay says twist, but it's basically tell everybody where you're from. But let me ask it in a better way. Okay. You are someone who I think is very similar to Mads and myself, where you have two businesses, you have a podcast, you're kind of like this multi-hyphenate serial entrepreneur. And it's really exciting for us to talk to other women like that. So give us the 
the rundown of both of your businesses and your podcast, et cetera, and how you got started as an entrepreneur. Okay. So I actually, so like you said, I have three businesses. I have uh, the agency, which was my first business. I have the podcast, Active Ingredient. And then I most recently launched the tableware line with my sister called Piano Piano. And I think on some level, I mean, you guys could probably relate. Like I just, authority was just like not something that I vibed with. I questioned everything since as long as I can remember. And the agency model, there's a lot of things that I loved about it, but I just did not understand why I was being placed on accounts that like I had, I had nothing to do with them. You know what I mean? And I remember just like first starting those itches of like, why am I on an account for dog food when I've never had a dog in my life and I'm supposed to be the one leading this account? Like I'm, I'm the one that is supposed to be like the strategist coming up with the campaigns and I don't even know how often a dog eats in a day. So like there was a huge disconnect. No, like that's actually a real life example. Yeah. And so I always had my, my parents have their own business and my, you know, with my family business, I always would think of like, if my parents were investing in this agency, would I feel like that's a fair exchange? And like, I didn't feel that way for a lot of the agencies that I worked for. And I would just feel like if my parents were investing in me, like, let's say that my, my family business was a dog food business and they were investing in me to be the one to like, get their word out there, I'd be pissed, you know? So those were kind of like the first feelings that I was having of like, there's something different to how I want to do this. It just doesn't feel aligned. And like at the bare minimum, the people on these teams need to like really rally behind it. These are the people that are like out there in the world talking about your brands, you know? So that was kind of like the first, like kind of like itchings that I had of like, there has to be a different way. And so I worked at several different agencies. I've worked on the brands that every single person knows. They sponsor like every podcast that is known to man. And it was really cool just to like see the process. And so I did that for a long time. I also at the time before I started Nude Nation, like influencer marketing hadn't really taken off yet. And just like the intertwine of media and influencer being happening at the same time was something that I was kind of just like taking it on my own accord. Like our clients weren't paying for us to do experiential activations with influencers or anything like that. But media was just getting harder and harder to get. So I was like, guys, like if you guys want, like if my job as like the lead on the account was to ultimately get the press, I had to be doing experiential things to get press interested. So I would literally do it on my own accord. Like clients were not paying us extra for it. Like I would literally create shit and just like do it on my own. So I was like, okay, the way that these like teams are built, I don't like, and the way that we're offering this, I don't like. So those were kind of like the first things in my mind that I was like, okay, like there has to be another way. And then I went to a really small, super, super small, um, agency that was all experiential. So they brought me on to bring the press side, which was, I think for someone listening who like is thinking of starting their own thing, my biggest block was that I didn't understand the finance. Like I didn't understand how long our retainers were for. They kept us in the dark for all of that. Like I didn't know how much people charged for our work. I, I had no idea, you know? So in the smaller agency, I saw that. I saw exactly how much people were paying us for. And again, I had a, a lot of these things in my mind that I was like, I don't know, like something, something is different than how I would do it. So then again, it just like kept pushing me to the point where I, I mean, and I'm not going to even name that place, but like, I just felt like being there was hurting me more than it was helping me. And I, at the same time, got an opportunity to work with the butcher's daughter, which was my first client ever. And so 
just working with Butcher's Daughter, like basically the investor at Butcher's Daughter was like, you have to just like start doing this on your own. Like you have to just like break off, if not now, when, like just do it. And so with them as my first client, I just kind of like literally, and I had no savings, like literally zero. And with them, it just opened the door and it kind of just through word of mouth started. And then when I was doing that, and you guys could probably relate to this, and I'm rambling, by the way, like you would think that as someone who works in PR, I'd have my talking points better. But anyway, <laughs> I um, I was just like surrounded by so many people that I just felt were like, they like had something that I wanted to tap into, but I didn't know what it was. I couldn't put my finger on it, but they were either clients or like influencers that we were working with, J just like people in my space and my sphere that I was like, what are you tapped into that like there's something that's calling me that like wants to figure that out and i don't know what it is and that was like the beginning phases of starting to think of having active ingredient as a platform where i got to just ask people because i learned by asking so just like having a full hour dedicated to like and it's mutually beneficial like they're getting their story out there but i'm literally like asking because i need to know like what what are you tapped into here like what how did you get here type thing and so i did that kind of a year after i launched nude nation and through all of that and brand building and like I, I fall into a lot of like thought leadership founder type stories and just mission driven brand services, people, et cetera. I just really felt the itch to have my own. I'm like building all these other people's brands and missions and stories. And like, I always knew I wanted to do one, but I didn't want to just make something to make it. So I had it in the back of my head. I was like, and my sister being my co-founder was always the dream. Like she's my best friend, like you guys. And yeah so it was kind of like it all has like funneled into each other but that was the longest fucking answer ever but that's where i'm at ever since having a baby i've been extremely conscious about what i spend my money on and which products i use and clothing is no different i want my wardrobe to be sustainable good quality and timeless you have to be talking about whimsy and row right whimsy and row is an la grown eco-conscious brand born out of the love for cute, comfy, and classic styles. Every piece is made by women for women. Quality goods, local production, natural and organic fabrics. Yes, please give me all the linens. Just like OK Sister, Whimsy and Row is based on the idea that women are multidimensional. There's a balance of flirty feminine and minimal masculine in all of our wardrobes, and Whimsy and Row means exactly that. From special occasions to everyday effortless styles, their clothing is meant to mix and match and wear on repeat. I have been wearing their Kira pant in black linen probably three times a week. Sisters, if you've been listening to this podcast or following me on Instagram, you know that Whimsy and Rose Kira Pant in Black Linen is a sisterhood staple at this point. Founder Rachel Temko created the brand back in 2014 because she wanted to create an approachable and inclusive brand that cared for the people and the planet first. Get the full Whimsy experience IRL at their Venice location or shop online at whimsyandrow.com. Their store in Venice is so cute. I can attest. And if you're in LA, I highly recommend stopping by. They are always putting on these amazing community events. They just launched their spring summer collection and we will be living in it all summer long. Visit their website, whimsyandrow.com. That's W-H-I-M-S-Y-A-N-D-R-O-W.com and use code OKSISTER for 15% off. Sisters, my goal these days is to always look put together when I leave the house. Nothing over the top or super dressed up or anything like that. I just want to look put together and feel good about what I'm wearing in an effortless yet refined way. 
when I look at my closet every single morning and think about what I can wear that is chic and intentional, I usually end up grabbing one of my Jenny Kane sweaters and I always end up loving the way I look and the way I feel in them. You all know, sisters, that when I envision my highest self, I am wearing Jenny Kane. Their sweaters are the quintessential must-have item. I cannot stop wearing my Marina set. I throw it on and immediately feel like I'm in a Nancy Myers movie. Like I could just walk on the beach in Santa Barbara. It is the coastal grandma aesthetic. My favorite Jenny Kane sweater right now is their everyday sweater in taupe. This is the definition of a staple that every woman must have in their wardrobe. Sisters, trust me on this one. I wear it with leggings, oversized jeans and a little kitten heel or a silk maxi skirt. Legit, Mads and I are so obsessed with wearing our Johnny Kane sweaters that we've literally shown up both wearing the same sweater once, the white alpaca cocoon crew neck, which is this deliciously oversized sweater. Yeah, that moment takes the cake. Both of us walking in with our matching Jenny Kane sweaters. We're obsessed. Can't take them off. Wearing them every day. The type of staples that save your outfit. That is what I love about their entire collection. It is truly the art of simplicity. They focus on comfort, quality, and timeless designs. You can curate a wardrobe that never goes out of style. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code OKSIS at checkout. That's 15% off your first order, J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com, promo code OKSIS. O-K-A-Y-S-I-S. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. <laughs> I love it. I think something that I that I heard through this whole story of yours is that curiosity seems to be something that is really ingrained in who you are. And I believe as a founder, as an entrepreneur, as a as a podcast host, Curiosity is something that I always try to foster and tap into every single day. And it helps you to become a more empathetic person, to be a more compassionate person, to understand what people are going through. When you're curious, when you're like, but genuinely. And it seems like that. Yeah, you can't fake (laughs) it. Seriously. So I think that's so, that's so beautiful. Something I want to add on to the curiosity, Mads, is when I was listening to your story, it's I like I was comparing your story to my story because I started an agency and your story is nothing like my story. I did not work in one PR agency before I started Scouts Agency. I was like, let's trial and error this shit by falling on my knees mm-hmm. one too many times. Um, but what I really admire about your time and other agencies that I think our listeners can take if they maybe don't know what they want to do or they're in a job where they they like their job, but they think that there's a different future for themselves. You were really analytical at every step of the way. So you were questioning the decisions that your bosses were making. You were questioning the way the agencies were run from like a brand fit to a project manager fit from, you know, not offering this level, et cetera. And I think that's really a really good way for people to start to even create ideas, right? To see what they want to do next is look where you're at and and think about the way things are done and where you feel like it could be done better. A thousand percent. One thousand percent. And I think that like, I mean, a part of also starting Active Ingredient was that 
I always, with a lot of these people, I felt like they came out of the womb, the womb, like knowing what they wanted to do. And like, I always wanted to just like be so certain in waking up every day, like knowing what it was that I wanted to do, but actually like, and there are people that really do wake up and, or just like are born knowing what they want. I think for the most part, the majority of people, it's just like in taking what works and then letting go of what doesn't throughout the journey. And totally. that kind of is where I'm at right now for me, for sure. It's like, to your point, like I saw the way an agency was built and I was like, okay, there, there are certain things that are clearly working that like you, you need to have in place, but there are certain things that are just no longer relevant. And yeah. like, there are certain things that like, I want to switch and, and every iteration of everything that I've tried has continued to like hone that in more and more. And I don't think that I'm like at the it thing right now for sure. But like, I know that I'm 5 million steps closer than I was before because I just continue to let go of shit that just, it's not for me even though that's been like the model that has been in front of me the whole time. So I think that's a really good point for listeners, just like getting curious and like literally like letting go. And if you were in that position, what would you, what would you do differently? Yeah. I mean, we always say, I mean, I, I did, I just, I don't even know if I know what I want to do in life. Like I literally, I think at 29, I feel a lot more closer, exactly what you said, mm -hmm. but my story definitely, and the sisters know this you know, it, it, I had no idea, like literally no idea. And I think that needs to be a lot more normalized people, you know, especially when you're in college, everyone seems to have like their exact path. They know exactly what they're doing. And I felt so lost in that. And honestly, I think I came out better for it because I stumbling along the way. And again, getting curious and understanding what you can leave or what you don't like and all these experiences, it leads, it all makes sense. It's starting to like become a little clearer and it's yeah. so hard to tell someone that in their early twenties because they're just like, what the fuck, <laughs> you know? No, totally. And actually in college is exactly where I had like my meltdown for that because I even remember one of my best friends during our graduation, she did a video and it was like everyone and like where they were heading next. And everyone had like the job lined up oh, or like that they were going to like this internship or they're like everyone had that next step. And I was the only one in that video that was like, and Sophie thinks she's moving to New York <laughs> and we'll see like literally no, no. But you guys like that's yeah. literally like I had like the worst anxiety. And I talk about that on the show all the time. Like that was the thing that cracked me open to the point where like I had to do inner work because like I was non-functional, mm -hmm. but th it was rooted in that. And I only know that in hindsight, but like at the time it was just like, this pressure I was putting on myself because of everyone that I was seeing around me and just like your whole life up until that point, every, every next step is already like pre-planned for you. You know, like you leave elementary school, you go to high school, you know, they're going to go to, or a lot of people know that they're going to go to college, you know? And I didn't know. And I, and I, I mean, still like I was a, I, I was a psych major and a communications minor. By the time that I knew that I wanted to be more in communications, because psychology scared me. Like I was too scared of like, which is so funny because literally now all I talk about and read about and consume is about psychology. But at the time, like, I think it was just so true to me that it scared the living shit out of me. Mm -hmm. So I was like, no, I can't dedicate my whole life to this. Cause like, I, I, I thought that it would depress me to like hear other people's stories. Mm -hmm. Lol. Like I literally have yeah. a podcast talking about people's like darkest fucking thoughts, you know? And it's just funny how like you always find your way back, but like your own, way of getting there however it looks is exactly what it takes for you to be in the exact spot like I don't think that 
I was meant to be a therapist. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think I, mean, I was meant to be a curious ass person that asks questions in a normal way. Totally. And sorry, Scout, I know you have a question, but I, I relate to that so much because I did theater growing up and it was my... I mean, I, I didn't know anything else. Like, that's what I thought I would do with my life. And then when I gave yeah. it up, there was like this loss of identity and also this this fear, for sure, of it. And I started to resent it and all these things. And then now I have a podcast where – and I'm on TikTok, and it's very much a performance. So it came into yeah. this whole other realm of mine. Um, so, I yeah, it's it's, again, like – you could still have that interest and passion, but it could bloom and evolve into something that you have absolutely no idea what that could look like. And it's just, again, being open to that type of life and, and way. But anyway, Scout. No, I was just going to, well, I had a question, but this is going in a different direction. So I'm going to head down here real quick. I'm going to go down this river with you guys. Um, I was really realizing that too. I was like, why do I love podcasting so much? And it's because when I was studying journalism and creative nonfiction, my favorite type of piece to write was profiles. So I would go and I would interview someone and then I would write a piece on them. And while, you know, the podcast isn't necessarily how I view that person, it's the person speaking, but our questions really guide the conversation. It's cool to see that, of course, my favorite type of journalistic writing was profiling and now I have a podcast where I talk or like I love writing, I've loved words. This is just a different medium for words but I think that the consensus here that I'm starting to find because I think that the narrative of like everything was pre-planned for you from high school to college etc that wasn't my case because I'm a two-time college dropout I immediately was like plugged out of the system super early and had to rebuild and have everything be really chaotic then and I never super fell into the whole academia system I always felt like it was wrong I actually feel like Mads, like college is the fucking worst because it creates this like idea. It doesn't, do you know what I'm saying? Like everyone who, I feel like everyone that I we talk to who has a similar experience as you guys like left college and was like, wait a minute, everything was pre-planned and now nothing is pre-planned, you know? And that's a very jarring. Yeah, yeah. Well, I loved my college. Like I, I had a great college experience and like, I, I mean, even all the jobs that I got were literally because I went to that college and I had internships that led me to work at MTV. So it's like all of those things mattered. Like the things that like, I, I because I wasn't accepted into the PR journalism school because I figured it out too late, I had to like get resourceful. So it's just like, I think that it gives you, I mean, depends on how you look at it. And also like, t- I super agree on challenging it if it's not like for you. I think that like that the path needs to be challenged and like depending on the kid and what they want in life at that moment, if they're like in their own and they don't want it, they absolutely shouldn't go for it. But for me, I think I needed those years. Like I needed that crack open of like not knowing, like seeing everyone else kind of like have it together and like that opening me and like hitting my own rock bottom in a way mm-hmm. I needed that and I also needed the years of just like literally throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing yeah. where it was fucking sticking because otherwise I don't know where I would be like all of those spaghettis have still to this day like I can stay back that like where I'm at today happened from those years I love that so it's all like, those spaghettis not the classes all the spaghettis <laughs> are just going down the wall and into a bowl <laughs> I feel like the 20s are supposed to be the spaghetti years. Literally. It is. You're watching, just throwing spaghetti. Watching the spaghetti, throwing the spaghetti, and then watching them fall into the bowl so that you can eat it. And one, seeing and which one. Into the piano, piano, piano bowl, specifically. Yeah, I just do it. Yeah. 
bring it all together. This is a perfect segue. So in in your initial, you know, biography that you – Beautifully, your soliloquy at the beginning of this podcast. Um, you Literally. talked about how you have you have your own brand, and something I really yeah. love about what you said was you were super intentional about starting it. You didn't want to just start something to start yeah. something. And sisters, if you were listening last week, Scout and I were very we were very cynical about giving people advice who like want to start something because we have come across people that are like, oh, I want to start something. And we're like, do you really, do you understand what it means to just like start something, right? Totally. And so you're here as an example of someone who starts something, follows through with it, and it like, you know, is is becoming a business and is flourishing. So that's that's why I want to ask, like, what was that initial jumping off point? I mean, Scout and I both have those those stories as well of like the moment we knew we could do it and that it was something we wanted to dedicate our lives to. Um, whereas I don't think a lot of people uh, really understand what that moment is to like, really mm-hmm. like to be, be like, I'm going to dedicate the next five to 10 years of my life to this. Like that, that yeah. doesn't like really sync with people truly. So how, what was that moment for you? I love that you guys like make it so like that you give your backstory as well. I think it's so helpful. And I I mean, this is now my third thing of like putting it out in the world, but I don't think you understand. And I'm sure actually you guys probably do understand, but the listeners, like how many null ideas have existed in the past that have never seen the light of day. And I think that that is a part that not a lot of people talk about. And it's like, I've had 8 million ideas, even within like doing piano piano. I've had way more ideas that have come about because of having this business, but something about when this idea came about, like I, the best way I can describe it, which sounds so annoying because I hated when I would hear this on podcasts when I didn't know what my thing was, is that this legitimately, it like my sister and I say it, it like struck like lightning. And it was one of those things that you just cannot ignore. Like I've had ideas that have come up and then like they wash away and I don't think about them that much or maybe they'll come up like once or twice, but it's not like this. It was like, there's no other answer. Like we're doing this. And I think that it's a full body. It's like really getting in tune with yourself and knowing yourself. Cause like at the point that it hit, we were like, my sister and I both at the same time, we're like done. Like that's it done. And it wasn't like we were like sitting there like, what is this brand? Like, what is this idea? No, like it literally, we were on a trip in Italy and the trip was 0% about creating a business. We were there for my 30th birthday. We every year do a sister trip. And that year was um, to the Amalfi Coast. I had never been. And we were, you know, just in Italy, like experiencing, it was our first trip post pandemic. And we were just like, so present, so alive, just like everyone in Italy does everything slow and presently. And like everyone knows each other, the, you know, the butcher and the barista, everyone's just like present in their life. It's community oriented. And we did a cooking class and the woman who was teaching the class, she kept saying the words piano piano as she was teaching, like as she was like pouring the wine, she was like, you pour it piano piano or like you stir piano piano. And we're like, what does piano piano mean? And she said, slowly, slowly. And it's just a colloquial term in Italy that it's like, part of their lifestyle, like everything done slowly is done better, which is why literally everything in Italy is done better. But so that was like, okay, it was was in the back of our minds. We were just like in Italy going to different stores, like everything there is so vibrant. Like all of the ceramics were like lively and everything is just so colorful. And we were having coffee and literally the idea struck like lightning. Like we were, it, it was literally idea, name, brand, go. Like it was just like here, 
in one sitting in like 10 minutes, which I think people think it's like, you have to have this business plan. You have to have all these things. Like, no, it, it just hit so much in both of our souls to the point where we had a full next day of plans. And we were like, scrap the whole day. Like we just need to get our next step, which is finding a partner. That was it. Like that was literally it. And we were like, okay, what's the next step? Finding someone. So I think like for the listener, cause like this is a very niche specific story, but it's like the takeaway is like, there will be a million ideas that come, but it's like a genuine full body. Like I can't, I can't imagine being okay with my life, not doing yeah. this thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know, like there's no that. other option. There's no other option. It's like, Scrap Positano Day. Yeah. We're not going. We're getting on a ferry and we're going to go to a <laughs> random ass town in this like little coast and find someone because like our, our soul was literally like, we have to make this. And I, I look at it because as someone who works in service, it's very weird for me to like, I, I literally have it in front of me right now. Like it's very weird for me to like see a physical item and know that like this was an idea that like we literally spoke into existence that is now it exists. It's in other people's homes all over the country. And it's in front of me. It's like a, a very weird concept, but I am not like anyone can do it. Like I, there's no like secret sauce. It's mm. just like, do you feel it in your bones is the answer. I think, mm. I think also, Sophie, yeah, what truly. you just said is that, you know, I think so many people who want to jump into entrepreneurship think that they have to find a good idea, right? Like a million dollar idea or the one that's going to be the thing or et cetera. And there's all this pressure on the idea. But then some people wear their idea as like this badge of honor, but then they never get started because they think that having the million dollar idea is enough, right? And there's this beautiful alchemy or I suppose like equation of the right idea for you that's a full body yes, that just pushes you forward, that you like can't not birth into the world like you have to get it out of your head and then the execution standpoint because without Mm -hmm. like the right idea for you and the execution nothing moves forward and so I love your I love that you brought up that you had so many ideas that didn't work because I had so many businesses that didn't work like I literally like tried like so many businesses not just ideas but it's like that that willingness to continuously search and be on this quest and then you know the moment you find the right thing like you know it but you have to be willing to explore a little bit whether it's internally whether it's externally to a different country whether it's keeping your eyes open whether it's seeing what works in your body whether it's starting an agency and then starting that you know it has to be this perfect culmination but the way to find the perfect culmination and this perfect culmination won't might not be your perfect culmination in 20 years right but the way to find that thing that's meant for you in the present moment is just to keep doing and being curious and analyzing and keeping your heart and your mind and your curiosity open so that you can reach that point where it all comes together a thousand percent and I will say like even with doing the agency the podcast and piano piano with all three of them, I, and I, I don't know if it's because like at the time where I launched Piano Piano, I had all, like also done so much more work on myself. So like the beginning phases like are just going to be different because of who I am at the point that it started. But something that I've noticed is, and I don't know if you feel the same way about starting the agency, is that it feels like guided in a way. Like sometimes with the agency, for me, for my agency and with the podcast, I sometimes feel like I'm like pushing this like rock up a fucking mountain and it feels like I have a lot of resistance. And then with this, it just feels like 
it's just flowing. Like the opportunities come to us. Like it's like the things are just like happening. And not to say that we don't bust our asses because we really do. Like we genuinely do, but it doesn't feel, it just, it feels like a flow that I've never felt before in any other endeavor that I've done that is really nice. And I think that it's intended to be that way. But also, can I make a point real fast about yeah. that? Is that what if you, I, and this might be an assumption, so correct me if I'm wrong, but when you started Piano Piano, there was your financial life was, it wasn't like you, ha- you had another business that was financially supporting you. And so there wasn't a pressure on this business to make ends meet 1, immediately. And I really, truly, truly, truly believe, because I've seen it in my own life, that when you put pressure on something to financially make ends meet, the flow gets destroyed. And so I think the beautiful part about why that flow is there, one, it's like beyond aligned for you, but two it's there's no like you're not looking at it and you're saying you need to do this for me at this point you know that is such a good point like thank you for saying that because it's so incredibly true (laughs) and like even in the name like when my sister and I set out to do it we literally told ourselves like we're like intentionally like we are not pressuring this business like we're we only have one day of the week that is Fridays we have it dedicated to working on piano piano because we both have full-time jobs and like of course we're working on it here and there but we, we said it we're like it's in the name like we're doing this slowly mm-hmm. we don't we're not looking to like slowly grow at hyper speed like we want every single thing to be intentional and we could do that because we both work full-time and it supports us yep. so that's such a good point mm. that's it's very true yeah I love that I love that. And that's, and, and that from that mindset, then the abundance comes and it flows. And it's just, I'm even thinking about it in my own business. Like the moment I started, I shifted from this like lack into, oh, there are other opportunities for me. Like financial stability will always be there. I can find another way to make money and do maybe even do this on the side. Suddenly my business started making so much money. And I, and I was like, wait, okay, now I don't, it was a weird, it was, I lit, I yeah. did take the pressure off a little bit. Like I turned the dial down and was just so, how um, out of curiosity, I just knew that it how was did gonna you dial work it down? Out. Because like for the, for the ones that are like, you're like where it is that you're actually making money. Like I have still a really hard time switching that mentality. Yeah. So we, so we raised money and then, you know, the mm-hmm. runway dwindles as it does when you're not making revenue. And then we started doing a lot of brand partnerships for Camber. And um, initially, like a month, a month or two ago, I was like, oh, OK, the runway, you know, yeah. I have X amount of months left. Let me start to understand. At first, I was very fear based. I was like, oh, shit, like I need to either find another job, whatever. But then I started like understanding my value and what I could give elsewhere. You know, I didn't necessarily want to go into back into like a corporate job or that type of space just because I love being my own boss and an entrepreneur. But I toyed with it and I thought, okay, maybe I can make my own role at a certain company, whatever. I kind of just understood where my value could be, whether that's content or community or like more influencer management, whatever. And I started to put like little feelers out there and was like, okay, wow, there are a lot of opportunities for me that I am aligned for. So I didn't feel mm. as much pressure. Uh, that was where it was like, I dialed it down. I was like, there's so much opportunity for me. And then suddenly like yeah. <laughs> the wash of like brand partnerships have come in. And now I'm like, oh, okay, I guess now I can stay. So it's interesting that you were saying that, that there's this yeah, once you start to like relieve the pressure a little bit, 
I, I feel like so much more abundance comes in because it I don't know it, it's I'm still I'm still like kind of untangling how how that's working keep right now going. but that I mean, it sounds like you've tapped in yeah keep it going I'm like give me some of yeah that. I'm like all right yeah. let's keep going with this yeah okay wait I wanted to ask about you you mentioned like you look at the physical product and it's so crazy to see it in you know in your face and my manifestation of my business is an app, right? It's an app. And it's also when I see people on the, like outside in the world who know me from TikTok and come up to me, those are like my two physical manifestations of the product. And I want to ask how you are able to stay present with that and not let it pass you by every time you like look at the bowl or the mug, like, because I'm really? struggling with that so you know I'll just I'll say that right now like so our app finally got into the app store it was like a whole shit show this past year and I just was like oh my god it's on the app store I sent it to Scout and I you know we're not like we haven't officially launched it or like well I guess I'm officially launching it now but um so my and my co-founder like calls me and she's crying she's like why wait they like we can't let this pass us like sit in this moment da 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 and I still like didn't really let it like sit I don't know and so I was kind of mad at myself Mm. that I didn't feel it and sit with it and understand that that was literally three years of so much shit that just came down to this one moment that it just arrived on the app store so I want to I want to ask you about that about that those moments that you can like physically feel it well first of all I feel like for you that must mean that like throughout all of those years like there had to have been moments within it you know what I mean which is actually in my opinion if I'm like giving someone advice that's better like if you're living for like the launch moment and I say this to my clients all the time I'm like you being featured on Forbes is not going to change your life like you're going to feel maybe like a (laughs) moment of like oh that's cool but to me and I say this to my clients all the fucking time like it's like when you are genuinely making decisions on a daily basis that are in alignment and you feel like even even if it's just sending an email in a way that you're like this is in alignment with my values and like how I want to present in the world that feels like you feel it all over your body you're like that feels good like that feels like it's a step in the direction of the life that I want to live and like I don't know if it's from the work that I've done or or just like getting older and like really appreciating all of those things. I, I have like so many different practices that I do to like bring myself back into that moment. I think that like the intention of our of our line, every single piece is extremely colorful. Like the whole point of it is like that the color reminds you, like it like brings you back. So yeah, every time I make my freaking avocado toast and eggs and it's on a pink plate, like there's color recognition. So it's like, I, I remember and I'm like, my plate is different than the white plate that I've had my whole life. And I'm like, this is my company. Like, holy shit. Like I am like, that's, that's weird doing this. And like, to me, it's so easy for me to talk about it because it's like, I literally have it breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I actually feel that every single time that I use one of our items, I genuinely do. And it's like in the, all the tiny little moments, like I, we had like, we've had like really big influencers talk about it again, because my agency is doing the PR for piano piano, which is like very synergistic and fabulous, but it's like, it's like so funny. We've had, I mean, and they're, they're huge moments. Like they're massive, massive moments. But I think that the moments that like, we, we get super excited. We're like texting each other, like, holy shit, like this person posted, they're great. But I think that the moments that my sister and I are like in 
awe, like genuine awe is like just between her and I, yeah. like when we are at our family event and we, we're literally sitting next to each other at our family dinner and everyone is eating on piano, piano plates. And we're like, holy shit. Like this is like, it's on our plates, like in our family dynamic. Like it's so it's, it's just like, it feels so flowy. And so like the, consistent moments and tapping into that. And you guys are lucky that you guys get to build this together. And so are we that like, we use each other to like bring it back, you know? And like, yeah, just like the way that it's built too. It's like when we, we just went on a trip to Spain to source for our next collection, we have built this business so that like travel and going to these like cool places that embody slow living is part of this business. Like those things when you're like in it and we're like, we built this like, tiny little moments, even if it's like a meeting or every Friday when we meet, we call it piano, piano Fridays. It's our favorite day of the week, including weekends, you know? So it's just like finding the things that you're like, we dreamt of this. Like we've dreamt of this our whole life to like be able to figure out what it is. Never in a million years that I think it would be tableware, like literally could not have bet that it was going to be that at all. But it's like in the tiny moments, the big ones feel good, but it's really in like the genuine, like daily moments. So I would like for you, like, just like, is it in the way that you're like sending an email to someone on your team? Or like, is it in just see, even if it's like one person giving a review on your app, like you created something that someone reviewed, like, holy shit, you know? Mm-hmm. And it happens with the podcast too. I'm like, yeah, is anyone so listening? Right. But it's like, I'll look at the numbers and it's like, yeah, I'm no Alex Cooper that has fucking hundreds of millions downloads per episode, but however many hundreds of people or thousands of people are listening, like, those, those are people that are spending an hour listening to someone, yeah. you know? It's like, yeah. I don't know if that answers no, the it, question. I hope it's it there. answers it beautifully, <laughs> beautifully. And what yeah. was also coming to mind was like, it's so, it, there's nothing wrong, Mads, with your reaction too. Like there's no need to force yeah. a big emotional reaction around things because sometimes it's not the thing that happens. But as Sophie was saying, it's like all the little magical moments that come and you will when you launch it to the public, you'll have a moment where you're getting feedback and you see it live, you know, it's not yet, like no one knows about it yet. So it might not feel super real yet. Um, Okay, Sophie, we love asking every single woman who comes on OKSIS podcast, our last final question. If you could brag about one thing and you weren't allowed to be humble, what would you brag about? It's like my initial response in my head was my family, my family like dynamic. Um, yeah, I just, I feel like, I don't know what the hell I did in a past life to have the family that I have, but yeah, I will brag about them all day long. Cause I, I genuinely feel like the luckiest girl on the entire fucking planet that like, I was just born into this group of people. Oh, so that's really that. beautiful. Oh, that's a first, that's yeah. a first, really? yeah. a fa- that's a first family on that's the a humble first. brag. Yeah. Wow. I love that. I love yeah. That. And I, I know that like a lot of people and I, I have people in my life that they're like, I have a really hard relationship with my mom or like people have opened up to me about like right. having hard family dynamics and it like hurts me for that. But at the same time, it's like, mm. it ex- like you can build it for yourself too. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And so, I don't know, just, I think, okay. I think that's what I'm most grateful for, for sure. That's beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Okay, Sophie, tell everyone where they Love can that. find you Whoa. and all of your incredibly beautiful businesses. So my personal Instagram is Sophie, S-O-P-H-I-E-I-W-E-I-L-L. My agency is Nude Nation. My podcast is Active Ingredient. And my tableware line is Piano Piano. The website is pianopianohome.com. Beautiful. And you can find us at OKSIS Podcast. Thank you guys so much. This was so fun. All right. Thank you, sisters. We love you. 
Hey there, I'm Dr. Tracy Dalglish, clinical psychologist and couples therapist. If there's one thing I know from both my personal and clinical experience, it's that we are really good at comparing ourselves to others. We tend to get stuck in the unhelpful narratives that play on repeat in our minds, and we struggle to set boundaries and create healthy love. Each week, I bring you clinical knowledge and evidence-based research, experiences of sitting in the therapist chair, and being a wife, mother, and business owner to talk about everyday issues we all face to help you you change the dialogue in your life. Tune in every Thursday to I'm Not Your Shrink wherever you listen to podcasts. While I'm not your shrink, I am still human and I'm excited for us to be in our vulnerability and humanness together.